Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Well, shifting gears slightly, so we're moving to the second hour of the show and we are going to be discussing parenting and raising confident children with our parent coach uh, Yanda Tachana who is on the line with us this afternoon and listen I want to just give you those uh, numbers again so that you can participate in this conversation it's 011-482-1863 011-482-1863 welcoming Ayanda on the show good afternoon thank you so much for joining us Ayanda Hi, Pamela. Thank you for having me and hello to your listeners. So where does one begin when you are trying to raise confident children? Because sometimes one would argue it's a very fine line between confidence and arrogance and disrespect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the things that I always say to my parents is that we just need to be conscious of the future. You know, mm-hmm. what are you raising your children to be in mm-hmm. terms of the future? So one of the biggest arguments that we have, you know, with a lot of my parents who are, for instance, trying to future-proof their children, but bearing in mind that the only way they know discipline, for an example, is to be smacked, right? And then I would would talk to them about, for instance, why it's more important to start having those conversations, the type of tools that you are then giving your child when you teach them to have those conversations whether it's like critical thinking, the emotional intelligence of holding yeah. that, that conversation and saying, but this is how I feel, I understand where you're coming from. All of those kind of conversations actually <laughs> have to be had firstly in the home. That way we are equipping our children so that when they get to the playground, when they get to, to, to the workplace, all of those things, they have those skills which allow them to be able to have better relationships with other children, with colleagues in relationships and all of those Mm -hmm. so whatever we're doing with our children we need to have the future in mind and be clear about that skill that we're imparting on them it's the emotional intelligence for me that i think is is the the most difficult because often when we talk about preparing children from for the future the discussion always almost sways to your economic survival so the future only recognizes the workplace, um, the career. The future, in many instances, does not recognize the fact that you, you also have other worlds to live in, right? You, you have other communities that you need to honor. You have your grandparents' home to honor. You have that world to navigate. So as you are taught to stand up for yourself... Um, there are other worlds where you can't be talking back. And that's the reality often of the African child. <laughs> well, you know, that one is it's kind of debatable. For me, yes, of course. Of course, it's debatable. <laughs> that's exactly the point. It's debatable because as as you coach us as parents, so our worlds also change, you know, and, and our dynamics are also so different about what spaces our children are in, where are they navigating their, their, their worlds as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I guess you want to be able to teach them that there's the right time and the right place for all those kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm making the lo- most loosest um, um, analogy. If, for instance, I'm out with my friends and mm-hmm. maybe myself and my, my 13-year-old child, mm-hmm. you know, we usually have our arguments at home and I allow him to have his voice. Mm-hmm. But I'm very clear about how he can then address whatever frustrations he has Mm -hmm. when there may be other people, for instance, in the room, Mm -hmm. how he speaks to my mother, for instance, Mm -hmm. even though I'm more open-minded to the back chatting, Mm -hmm. but I also have to be very clear 
to teach him about the interpersonal skills mm-hmm. to say there's certain there's a time and a place where we think. So even myself, for instance, if I come home and I have a really bad day yeah. and I'm screaming my my head off, mm-hmm. I allow I allow them to allow me to go through that stage, and then mm-hmm. we can have a conversation later, and then I can. The modeling part of it now has been me saying, you know what, I actually had a very tough day Mm. and I'm sorry to them um, that I took it out on you guys. This happened. And that part comes to that whole modeling thing where as as parents, we have to allow our children into our emotions and and show them that everything's not honky-dory just because we are older. Sometimes we also have hard days, we cry, all of that, so that our children can then be able to do the same thing as well and and have those conversations with us. And how, how do we teach children lessons that you as an adult are struggling with? In other words, you, you often want the best for your children. You want your children to evolve far, far more than you have. That's that's our, mostly our wish, right? And often what you would like for them to model or to learn are not necessarily things that you have mastered. Help, help us out with, with that. So when a child, for instance, says, but... But mom, or, you know, or daddy or whatever, you didn't stand up for yourself at work. You, you yeah. keep telling us to stand up for ourselves, but you don't look like you're standing up for yourself. Why don't you? How do you help children with things that you still are battling with as a parent? I think that's, that's kind of like one of the biggest challenges that I'm seeing in terms of the work that I do personally yeah. with my parents, yeah. that, you know, the, in, the emotional vocabulary is not even there to start with with, our, with us as adults. Mm. So it's almost like a conscientious mindset to say, okay, I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think that is actually nothing wrong with being vulnerable with your children, Mm -hmm. with whatever difficulties you're going through and actually saying, you know what? Mommy doesn't know. Daddy doesn't know. Let's figure this out together. Let's see how do we, because then you're also teaching them that interpersonal skill to actually not always be the person who has the answers when they have to have those relationships with other people, but to be able to say, let's find out together. It's okay to not know. We as adults don't know. This is, this is the most um, normal thing. What, you know? what happens, Ayanda, when your children choose not to have you as their reference? That's very tough. Um, it, it comes to so many things. It comes to how you built the relationship to start with. Mm-hmm. In my personal view, it's very important that you are the reference for your children. Mm. Number one, you always have their best, um, their well-being in mind. Mm. Um, secondly, you have experienced things. So you want your child to be able to tell you, for instance, if something bad has happened at school or, or wherever, you want them to be the first people, to, you to be the first person that they turn to. So it's very important that when we build those relationships from as early on as possible, and if it's too, if, if, if it might be a bit later and your child is a teen, start making those attempts to say, let me build this relationship. Because you know that a lot of things are going to happen in your child's life. It's happened in our lives. And you want to have a person who you trust that you can turn to. So the value of it is, it's, it's, it, it, you, like, you know what, there's no, there's no numbers that you can put into it. But we kind of have to commit to it. We kind of have to say, listen, even if you don't know, look for that expert, for instance, who can help you with figuring out where do you need to fix in terms of building. A lot of us have had very different relationships with our parents 
even comparison to what we are ha- trying to build with our children. Mm. And and as part of that, it's almost like a, a day-to-day learning. Yeah. Every day we have to learn how to do that right. And, and sometimes, you know, it can be simpler in, in a perfect world. But, but sometimes where, where a little bit of doubt comes in is where the child witnesses other people in their vicinity who don't recognize you. So whether it is a divorce situation, whether our f- families are not, you know, um, are disrespecting one another, that's where that doubt comes in. That's where that kind of disrespect sometimes comes in. And and how do you manage that? Because you're not necessarily always in control of, of how you are perceived, even by your own child. Absolutely. And that's why the, the, the ability of being vulnerable to say that, this is what happened and it hurt me or, you know, I was very upset. Then you are modeling those um, emotional skills that your child then takes from you. Because remember, our children are watching us. Yes. Everything that we do, even when we may have like uh, bridges that are broken with them and we're trying to mend them, they're always watching what we're doing. And, and I think that just to show the imperfectness of humanity, of us as humans, is actually okay. Um, because then you, you're allowing your child to say, I'm also figuring myself out, you know, and, 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 and that vulnerability, I think it's amazing in mm. terms of that. Let's open those lines. As I said, 011-482-1863 is the number to dial for this conversation. 011-482-1863. Ayanda, how, how do you gain credibility with your children? And, and I ask this question because there is always the assumption that, you know, just because you love somebody, you know, um, they, they will get the fact that you have their best interest at heart. But as children grow, as they get outside influence, as they come into their own, so too will their judgment of you. And so that's what I'm asking. As they grow older, as they get more educated than you, how do you sustain the credibility in the eyes of your children? And that's why I think that when you when you let them um, sort of like okay know that it's okay with the imperfections, then you're sort of like giving that um, the ground to mm-hmm. grow in terms of that. Mm-hmm. But there are other things that you can then do. But now all this differs within the age. Mm-hmm. You know what age are we looking at yeah. with your children? That you can from a very on early on stage, you can build those everlasting bonds. You know. Um, making time for your child maybe like once a week for instance where you can play card games you can do all these different things you know all of us um are not the same in terms of our financial resources so you don't want to always do something that's going to cost money Mm. but sometimes the things that you do whether it's making pancakes at home making a maguinha all of those type of things that you can do that will have that moment of laughter where you, you, you're almost like building that in, influence in terms of your child, but by letting them know that you see them mm-hmm. and you hear them, mm-hmm. you know, and you wanna, you're interested. It's, it's almost like how when you start a relationship, mm-hmm. how do you get interested in the, the, the other person? You, you make time for them. You want to show them, like, listen, I'm here and I'm listening. And it's kind of the same thing with our children. We're almost courting them almost every day yeah, into, yeah. Into, into knowing that we're here and we're always going to be there for them. And for me, the other thing, Pamela, that makes it very tricky in terms of that whole um, parenting narrative is that the fact that we won't always be there as well. That's yes. something we always have to bear in mind. Yes. So whatever skills we're imparting on them, we need to make sure that they're going to be able to survive without us. And I actually think that interpersonal skills are the one thing that 
will allow our children to go on should something happen to us, mm-hmm. which is the reality that we're living in today. Um, you know, we, we live in a very complex world. And, and as much as we want to believe that we, we really are the ones bringing up children, they are also being brought up by other, other, other pressures in society. Yeah, it's a village. Yes, and, and values that you may instill may not necessarily always serve your children well in the world if that makes any sense, even Absolutely. if they are great values. You know what I mean, right? Absolutely. Help us and navigate that for children. So it's almost like um, now the, the, the older your child gets, the mm. more um, age um, in terms of their autonomy, mm-hmm. in terms of their independence, mm. then you have to almost start listening to them and allowing them to guide you to say, this is my interest. This is who... Ayanda is, you know, and and unfortunately, our children are exposed to a whole lot more information than we were 20 years ago. Mm. So at whatever age they are today, they know way more. (laughs) And it's kind of a bit of a challenge. But the best way to navigate it is to to kind of allow that balance. You know, when I think of my children, I think of children who are going to make a difference in the world, who are going to come up with solutions, who are going to solve some of these problems that we have in the world and I believe that my 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 principle in that is allowing them to be and to say what 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 touches them yeah you know and 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 also being able to help them navigate the very difficult task of moving the world in the direction they believe is right. So in the workplace, you know, a child that works into a, a, a corporate environment, uh, very fresh from, from varsity or wherever, um, under your wing, out of your wing now, may be faced with very, very serious challenges where the values that you've instilled all these years are conflicted um, with what they experience in the workplace. And, and that can be a really difficult time sometimes for young exactly. people. Exactly. And that's why it is important as well for us to be able to listen so that sometimes we allow ourselves to say, okay, maybe I need to rethink the way I thought about one, two, three. So I'll make an example. Just a couple of weeks ago on my social media, I had posted like a question. I was trying to find out if parents are okay with discussing things about the LGBTQ plus Mm -hmm. community with their children. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parents we're extremely um, very, very like uncomfortable with mm. that conversation. Mm-hmm. And my question is, and then how do you expect your child to be able to work in a workplace or in a school with children who are different? Mm-hmm. If you don't allow yourself to say, listen, this is the world that I live in now. I need to challenge myself to say so that my child is not a bully, so that my child is not the one who, 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 who then uh, discriminates against other children. Let me be realistic about what's happening today and almost equip them to say, listen, there are people who are different. But, but, but Ayanda, that's making the assumption that in the home, we're even on the same page. <laughs> so, so, you know, we speak about these things like everybody's evolved, but that's not the truth. The truth is you may very well find that in the home itself, there are differing views around um, gays and lesbian communities and, and oh, the, and the oh, discussion definitely. is uncomfortable and there are people who get very, very passionate about it, not necessarily, you know, to the side of, 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 of a liberal view. There may be people who hold very strong views and, and that can be very confusing to the child. And then, then what there? Yeah. And the problem, the problem is that with, with our children um, gaining that autonomy once they get into the young adulthood and adolescent stages, they're then going to form their own opinions and their own 
interest and and they're going to be very set in their views as well, which may either be more towards what you as a parent believe or completely opposite to what you as a parent believe. But do you you want a, a situation where you don't even know where your child is? So to allow those kind of conversations as uncomfortable as they are mm. is to basically say you, you're accepting that we live in 2021. And bite and your on tongue daily, sometimes. <laughs> on a, on a da- you know, on a daily basis, you know, there's a new gender identification that's yeah. coming out. And, you know, you, you have to allow to say, okay. This, yeah, this is what it is, and 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 being willing to check our prejudice. I I I, I had a conversation with a very somebody I know very well who was saying that they think they were very liberal, but they were having a really interesting conversation with their two children. So, the kids are of age; they're no longer children. These are now young adults, uh-huh. and um, one of them has, you know, kind of has decided that she's lesbian and so on, and so. As parents, they had allowed the son to introduce a girlfriend, which was for them okay because the the, the young people are of age, but had difficulties with allowing the lesbian to invite the lesbian partner to Uh family gatherings, even though a girlfriend was allowed. So bear in mind, these are people of the same age. They thought that, so they didn't have any problems with the fact that the the young lady is a lesbian. However, they found it difficult to bring and allow the other person to be invited into, into their space. And it is only at the point where their daughter raised it as a comparative issue did they see there's a problem. They never saw it as a problem. That's exactly what it is, and it's it's so it's so like and with our children being exposed to so much and such a different variety of things, it may be a a, a partner who's of a different race. Yes. It may be so many things that we as parents almost have to go on a personal development journey to say. Do we then accept our children for who they are growing up to be, mm-hmm. and are we have we skilled them enough? so that we know that they can survive in this world, mm. where they'll be able to live with other people who are different. Let's take some voice notes. Um, and also the number to dial, by the way, is 011-482-1863. It's me again, Tepiso, once again. I appreciate your work and thank you for this, um, for this interview. My comment is like, like, for instance, my parents are deaf, right? I'm a child of a deaf adult. And I was brought up in my father's side, Sutu, uh, and my mother's side, Amazon. This is what happened. In deaf culture, when you, you converse with your parents or a deaf person, you have to maintain eye contact. And in Isuzulu culture, that is being disrespectful. In Sutu as well. In deaf culture, you are not, you don't have to beat about the bush if there is something that you don't like. You say it as it is, and that was perceived as being arrogant and being too forward. So how do you make sure that, you know, the culture from either side is respected, but then at the same time, you educate your children to be confident and um to speak their mind, uh, so to say, but in a respectful way. How do you do that? Thanks. This is <laughs> Sounds very familiar, Yanda. Sure, yeah. 
<laughs> I can imagine that that to be quite a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And and obviously with the different cultures, you know, you can almost not fault the next person for not knowing. But to a certain extent, as we allow, as we see our children grow, when we have these conversations and open and open up to say, listen. Um, as I had made an example earlier, yes, my son can speak to me in a certain way, but when it comes to my mom, I expect him to have a certain tone and expect to have a certain respect because she's an elder and this is how she understands the world. And, and allow it to such an extent that you can almost then allow my son, who, who's able to stand up for, he's only 13, but he's the kind of child who will not, allow peer pressure who stand up for himself but to understand that there's a certain cultural expectation of him when he speaks to an elder you know um there was a once an instance where we went to, to our traditional home and he basically made a comment um, uh, um towards a person who was um drinking you know who's an elder and you can imagine how that sounded and i was ex- Extremely humiliated, but I had to then take him to the side and say, "Listen, baby, when you are among elder, older people, you do not say these kind of words." So there's a constant uh, the learning, and it should be okay to say, "Listen, you made a mistake." That's that's my biggest thing about all of this, because even we as adults make those mistakes. Say, "Listen, that's an oops moment." Yeah, um, I mean, but don't do that again. You you also think you know. And I, I like what you're saying about giving ourselves credit and space not to, to have it all figured out because you also sometimes exclude to mention the exceptions because, you know, you would say, well, this is the rule, right? The rule is you do this. And then there's an exception to the rule and then oopsie, okay, that, that's an exception to the rule too. So keep exactly. adjusting as you're going along. Exactly. And you know how these young children are today, especially when they get to that adolescent stage, they'll ask But why. you said, yes. You know? <laughs> my, mom, my mom has always had a rule about how we don't eat at the door. And myself and my, and my, my siblings have always listened. And you don't know and the answer. Like, why? You don't, answer, you don't have the answer to why. <laughs> because it just is. That doesn't fly now. Doesn't exactly. <laughs> and the reasoning also doesn't make sense to him. And he will Well, let me tell you, at at a certain age, you can get away with because I said so. You know, and I'm I'm still the parent, so um, you know, let's leave it there for now while I figure out what the real reason is. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost embarrassing to think I've been listening to this for years, and I don't really know why. But and you didn't question. My mom said so. <laughs> and and perhaps it it it's it's a, it's worth a discussion, particularly when your children get to a certain point where you can express to them the fact that you know we we grew up. Uh, at a different time with different rules where we actually never acquired the why, the reasons behind the why. So sometimes I don't have the reasons behind the why. Maybe I can go back and find out if there is an opportunity to do that. And for me, the thing is now we almost, I think most of us will be consciously raising our children to be global children Mm. who are going to travel the world. You know, so you almost have to have a space for that cultural um, respect, but you have to understand that then this child has to go into a world where there's going to be so many other cultures mm, mm. and they might have to end up, for instance, in Japan mm. or in India or, or wherever else in the world. And they might have to have a completely different reconditioning to what's this cultural appropriate or intentions. Mm. So the open-mindedness about having those conversations 
and maybe even even going on a YouTube to just read up about it and say, oh, this is why this came about. Mm. It doesn't make sense. Laugh about it. Or, or if it's a serious conversation, then just explain, like, listen, it's, it's completely unacceptable for you to call an adult or an elder this way. Mm. If you think that, keep it to your mind. And we <laughs> maybe can discuss that later just between the two of us. There's a respect thing that's very, very important. So we always are able to put our foot down and put the rules down, mm. but allow for that conversation. Mm. Allow it to be flexible so that your child can always know that I can talk to my mom about everything or my dad. Thank you for helping us raise our children. Nayanda Tijana is a parent coach and uh, she's also on social media as well at Ayanda Tijana on social media platforms. Uh, she can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and all of the above. Okay, it's 2.30. Let's go to Utsi Lesaku for the latest in headlines.